Leadership is more than smarts, much more. Hey, welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. I'm continuing my walk through the pages of Vietnam, an epic tragedy by Max Hastings. This book is so good. It is sweeping in its coverage, insightful and fair in its analysis, at times biting in its criticism, and yet Hastings still shows you glimpses of heroism and patriotism on the part of the U.S. and the Vietnamese forces. Today, I want to give you one little snippet from early on in Hastings' work. He's recounting JFK's role in the war and the rise of Robert McNamara, who would serve as Secretary of Defense under JFK and LBJ from 1961 all the way to 1968. And McNamara played a very significant role in the escalation of the U.S. efforts in Vietnam. I'll jump right to the clip. Hastings is commenting on the fact that the U.S. was making decisions left and right for the Vietnamese people, but doing this in what he would describe as a cocoon of Americanness. And while Hastings doesn't necessarily intend to make a comment on the nature of leadership in general, he most certainly does as he recounts an incident when then-Vice President Lyndon Johnson, awed by the presence of American brainpower, rushed to tell his mentor and longtime Speaker of the House, Sam Rayburn. Listen to this. An extraordinary aspect of the decision-making in Washington between 1961 and 1975 was that Vietnamese were seldom, if ever, allowed to intrude upon it. Successive administrations ignored any claims by the people who inhabited the battlefields to a voice in determining their own fate. Business was done in a cocoon of Americanness. Frederick Fritz Nolting, 1961-63, ambassador in Saigon, once cautioned Defence Secretary Robert McNamara that it was difficult, if not impossible, to put a Ford engine into a Vietnamese ox cart. The secretary professed to agree, but went ahead with doing that anyway. There's a great line in David Halberstam's The Best and the Brightest about Vice President Lyndon Johnson's awed reaction after seeing McNamara, Rusk, Bundy, Schlesinger, Rostow, and the rest of the Kennedy Round Table gathered for the first time. He rushed off to tell his friend and mentor, Sam Rayburn, Speaker of the House, about this brilliant group, only to be deflated by the droll response. Well, Lyndon, you may be right, and they may be every bit as intelligent as you say, but I'd feel a whole lot better if just one of them had run for sheriff once, or knew some Vietnamese. When McNamara visited Vietnam with Max Taylor, a Vietnamese eyewitness wrote that most of the secretary's questions were directed to the advisers present, rather than to those doing the fighting. Some U.S. officers looked like naughty students in front of an austere principal. In one exchange that greatly embarrassed a Vietnamese intelligence officer and his American counterpart, McNamara asked how many of our secret agents were working in the enemy's ranks. The answer was none, which remained the case until late in the war. The CIA did not contrive a wiring diagram of the communist leadership until 1969. As well as military advisers in the field, the administration received plenty of advice from gurus back at home. The Cold War spawned a proliferation of think tanks committed to provide both technological studies and intellectual underpinning for strategy, above all nuclear deterrence. 
Now, Rayburn's quip caused me to write, leadership is more than smarts in the margin of my book. And Sam Rayburn was recognizing, I think, the difference between thought leaders, people who influence with their insights, and more action-oriented leaders who see the world in a different light because they actually have boots on the ground. And as his book unfolds, one thing is really clear, and that is many, many times certain leaders, both political and military, were directing the affairs of the war from a very safe distance, while other leaders, predominantly military leaders, were engaged in real life and death struggles and encounters on the ground. Woodrow Wilson once quipped, I need all the brains I can borrow. And I say a big amen to that. But brains alone, apart from boots, is going to lead to a diminished kind of leadership. So my aha moment is this. Don't discount the brains, but don't forget the boots. For the fullest picture, leaders need to be in the fray, or at the very least, listening very, very, very closely to those who are. Sam's keen insight on leadership is this. Leadership takes brains, yes, but it also takes boots, people who are in the action. And that's my thought on my walk with Max Hastings and Vietnam, an epic tragedy. Now, what you do with it, well, that's for you to work out on your walk through life today. <music>